Humboldt. Last week. This is Humboldt Last Week. I'm Miles Cochran. Glad you're joining me for a way to hear highlights from Humboldt's last week while you do stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. Tell a friend if you love it. Tell an enemy if you hate it. Connect on the Facebook or at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Disclaimer, this sometimes features explicit content. And don't be shy to get in touch with me with comments or ideas. It makes the podcast way better. Also, partnership makes this thing happen. Thank you so much to Ferndale Music Company with Chris Smither playing at the Old Steeple on October 29th. It was my wisdom, we'd all speak and smart enough from week to week. You'd expect blues, folk, amazing guitar work, that gravelly voice. And here's something from the Associated Press, one of the absolute best singer-songwriters in the world. That's Chris Smither at the Old Steeple in Ferndale, October 29th. Tickets at ferndalemusiccompany.com. And Bongo Boy Studio, catchy local band, The Carmonauts, recently wrapped up part of their album there. Come dance with me, even if it's awkward. The new album, Moonstone, has been reviewed and acclaimed by indie music blogs around the world. That's Moonstone by The Carmonauts on iTunes November 1st. Look into where it was recorded locally at bongoboystudio.com. Bit of an explosive mistake here. A bomb squad blew up a survival kit someone thought was a pipe bomb. The cops in Fortuna said this woman's husband made this survival kit for hunting with waterproof matches and blankets and stuff inside some PVC pipe. Guess he didn't tell her what it was. Oops. Communication is key in relationships, folks. Otherwise, things can uh, blow up. Ferndale is definitely a cow town. Nice photo by Carrie shared by Only in Humboldt. Bunch of cow eyes glowing in the dark with the caption, Ferndale night lights. <laughs> Ferndale this time of year. On the football field, it's a battle. On the other field, cattle. <laughs> Both places impact your calves. Hey, a little more football. Ray Maluga, former Eureka logger who's now a linebacker for the Dolphins, has been doing well in Miami. After playing for the Bengals for a long time, he's been a key contributor over there in Florida. Yep, still a character. In recent weeks, he was quoted by the Miami Herald saying, it's fucking hot as shit, he means over in Florida. And uh, he even played offense for the first time in nine years in the NFL, getting in at fullback last week against the Jets. Go Ray. Maybe you saw this. A second woman was charged with arson in relation to the old Blue Heron Motel burning down across from the bowling alley in Eureka. The second woman was the one who basically pointed to the first suspect and said she did it. A lot of wild allegations flying around about that one. As the city of Eureka has been butting heads with the property owners, Floyd and Betty Squires should be an interesting trial. More updates coming on that hot story. Hey, thanks to HSU for sharing that the home team was a Jeopardy answer last week. Alex said, they chop down opponents for HSU, and they're okay. You know the answer. Contestant Kathleen got it right for 1200 bucks and some imaginary green and gold stars from us lumberjacks. So what did the guy with allergies say in the middle of the Arcata Plaza? Statue! <laughs> Forgive me. Some people really don't like that statue of President William McKinley on the plaza in Arcata and a plaque nearby at the Jacoby Storehouse. Say it represents white supremacy, imperialism, 
genocide. McKinley was the president from 1897 until his assassination in 1901. Statue was installed on the plaza in 1906. An HSU professor told the Times Standard McKinley was an imperialist, likely referencing his policies trying to expand U.S. territory. This online petition has over a thousand signatures. Guess it had cost dozens of thousands of dollars to remove that statue. It weighs 26 tons. There's apparently going to be more on this during a December city council meeting. Definitely not an issue everyone will agree on. The guy who was arrested and saw charges dropped for the stabbing murder of an HSU student last spring filed a claim against the city of Arcata. Saw this on Loco. Pretty much he's saying he was beaten up by a bunch of people, detained without receiving medical attention, arrested without probable cause. The search of his house and car was illegal. Seizure of some of his stuff was illegal. And APD never took his police report regarding being assaulted to the DA. Again, that's what the former murder suspect is saying, that the city defamed him and caused him emotional distress. Looks like the city council has the ability to reject this claim. They're expected to do so. If they do that, he'll be free to file a lawsuit. The mom, accused of drunkenly running over and killing her teenage daughter and her daughter's friend well over a year ago, saw her trial delayed again. Marcy Kitchen's lawyers want more time to be able to respond to an analysis of how fast her Jeep was going at the time. According to Channel 3, trial setting is now coming up November 14th, and her lawyers are talking about a change of venue, possibly looking for a jury that knows less about this case. And if change of venue happens, there could be even more delays. Did you see someone drove into those government buildings in Fortuna? That's the Cal Fire building and the spot where the local FBI people work. Cops in Fortuna told Kim Kemp the 41-year-old fellow who did this was not drunk or high or anything. He was just hanging out there after it happened. Article says it appeared to be a deliberate act. Dude was charged with felony vandalism. I'll let you know if there's an update to that one. Too many pills being doled out. This report says there are more opioid prescriptions in Humboldt than residents. Really? And even with that, the number of prescriptions here went down 6% from 2014. 33 people died from opioid overdoses in Humboldt last year, giving us the second highest average in the state. This report, which the Times Standard covered, coincided with an announcement from President Trump of an opioid emergency across the country. You see on Redheaded Black Belt, the county is going to start finding marijuana growers that are not in the process to go legal. 10 grand a day. Failure to pay means their property could be taken and sold. Kim says they're using satellite imagery to find grows that aren't on the books. Judging by this article, it looks like things are not set in stone for the fines. Planning just wants to start a dialogue with growers out of compliance and to make sure that they're not harming the environment. Again, that's what they say. And maybe you saw this one. One of the teenagers recently accused in a murder here used to be the victim's foster child. The suspect's sister confirmed that to the Times Standard. 68-year-old man was shot to death in eastern Humboldt. Two teenagers were arrested in Arcata in relation to that. We'll see if they're tried as adults or children. Well, back at the end of March, about seven months ago, it was noted as the first homicide of the year in Humboldt not involving a car crash. 
Out of Southern Humble, it was reported a woman had said she'd stabbed her boyfriend because he was hitting her. The man, who was 37 years old, was pronounced dead at the scene by first responders. He was laying in a driveway in Alder Point. According to Redheaded Black Belt, the dispatch call indicated he'd been stabbed multiple times in the chest. If you followed this, maybe you remember hearing that a woman called 911 saying she got into a fight with her live-in boyfriend. He was hitting her and she had to stab him in self-defense. So the sheriff's office investigated. They looked for any physical evidence at the scene. They interviewed those involved. In this case, they were talking to witnesses regarding a potential history of domestic violence. Last week, I looked into this. According to Humboldt County Sheriff's Officer Mike Fridley, the district attorney's office decided not to file any charges against the girlfriend. They listed the reason as self-defense. So in this process with the sheriff's office and DA's office, they found, you know, when this woman killed her boyfriend, it was a justifiable homicide. Looking into that further, according to the California criminal jury instructions for 2017, that means the girlfriend reasonably believed she was in imminent danger of being killed or suffering great bodily injury or that she was in imminent danger of being raped or maimed or something else horrible. She had to reasonably believe that the use of deadly force was necessary to defend herself and she had to use no more force than was reasonably necessary to defend herself. Now, it's important to remember both of the families involved in this went through something devastating. One family lost someone. Uh, Another family had to see a loved one get to the point to where they were forced to kill someone. These traumas are not to be taken lightly. Now, I did speak with Officer Mike Fridley in general terms about the vicious cycle he's seen regarding domestic violence in his many years in Humboldt. We often get domestic violence calls, return calls. We get called to houses, you know, four and five times. The victim is abused by the suspect but won't fully cooperate when we get there. Or they have injuries but they won't tell us how they got them. When we finally get to the point where the, you know, the victim's had a kind of enough of what's going on and we're going to make an arrest, these have been deemed some of the most dangerous calls for law enforcement because now not only are you dealing with the suspect who you're going to arrest, but the victim is, you know, doesn't want the suspect arrested and they become violent with us too. The victim always thinks the suspect's going to get better. Um, you know, a lot of times people love each other. You know, they're still in love, but the violence um, bleeds into the relationship and the suspect can, you know, be sorry and be nice for a couple of days and they fall back in love and it just, it's just a vicious cycle and um, we'll see um, victims that are abused, suspect arrested, suspect goes to jail, suspect gets out, comes back, they get together and it happens again. It's just trying to get that cycle to stop. What do you see as the major deterrent to get that cycle to stop? Education. A lot of the, the domestic, if you've ever gone to court and watched what um, somebody who's convicted of domestic violence goes through, there's all these classes you got to go to, um, and they're pretty in-depth. And there's batterers classes and all kinds of stuff, and you have to complete that class um, as part of your probation if you do get, after you get out of jail. Um, but I think it's education um, and help, you know, maybe the person that's battering your victim was a victim of abuse as a child, and that's all they know. And, you know, the education part of it to show them that this isn't the way you treat somebody you love. 
But there are just people that are just mean people that that's what they do, and it's hard to, to get through to them. Now, just last year in 2016, there were 387 total domestic violence calls received and verified by the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. That number does not even include calls received and verified from other local departments, APD, EPD, FPD, HSU's police department. That's 387 just from the Sheriff's Office. More than one a day. According to a 2016 fact sheet from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, a third of women and a quarter of men in our country have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. And October has been Domestic Violence Awareness Month in the county and country. This stuff needs to stop. There are a number of resources in Humboldt County for those that are victims of domestic violence. One that comes to mind is Humboldt Domestic Violence Services. Um, if you need any help, reach out to them. They're at hdvs.org. Hey, thanks again for listening this week. Check out Humboldt Last Week on Facebook and at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Please do get in touch with me with comments or ideas. Definitely makes the podcast better. Also, thank you so much to the partners on this episode. They make this happen as well. Ferndale Music Company with Chris Smither at the Old Steeple, October 29th, and Bongo Boy Studio. Check out local band The Carmonauts as they recently recorded an album there. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Humble. Last. Week.